This morning, uh, I get the honor of closing out our series entitled Immovable. We've been going to that series for several weeks. It's on, uh, out of Daniel, and it's in, from the book of Daniel, giving us understanding of how we are to react and stand upon God's word, stand firm in spite of what we feel, what we see, what is going on around us. It is through the word of God that we can find assurance, that we can find strength, that we can find confidence to know that God really does have everything under control. And so here today, this Sunday, Pentecost Sunday, we celebrate uh, the uh, event that took place uh, in the Word of God, Acts chapter 2, speaks about the apostles and uh, the disciples as Jesus spoke to them earlier uh, to go and wait in Jerusalem. And uh, as they were waiting in that upper room, the Bible says there was a rushing wind uh, that came into that room and there appeared uh, uh, of tongues of cloven fire, that uh, the fire that were there and uh, up fell upon them, the Holy Spirit. And so we understand the, the anointing, the power uh, of God that is released to the believers of Christ uh, that takes place in us, that helps us to discern, that helps us to guide and lead us in making decisions, that brings conviction into our lives when things need to change. And so uh, it's so powerful today that uh, we're gathered together on Pentecost Sunday where we can allow the Holy Spirit to guide uh, and to work his purpose in us. Because without the Holy Spirit, without the guidance, without the conviction of the Holy Spirit, we're left to our own selves, to our own feelings, to our own um, uh, areas of, of inconsistencies that cause us to wonder, to, to doubt, that cause us to fear. But when the Holy Spirit is operating, we allow the Holy Spirit to, to guide us and to lead us. We make good choices. We respond correctly to God's word. And so this morning, as a people of God, individuals, as a fellowship, if we're going to continue the work of God, be successful in uh, accomplishing what God has for us, be uh, available to help people who are broken and people who are hurting, then we're going to have to do it by, under the power of the Holy Spirit and through prayer. And that's what I'm going to focus on this morning is Daniel's prayer in chapter number nine. We're going to go through that chapter in different places in chapter 9. And we're going to see how Daniel prayed and how what he prayed and uh, what he referenced his prayers upon and how God intervened uh, for Daniel and for the people of Judah and Israel during a time when they were scattered. People are scattered in our country, in the world, in this day and age. We're witnessing this past week the devastation of what takes place when people react according to 
their feelings and anger and uh, how they respond and destroy. And in the sadness of uh, this, this whole scenario that's been playing out uh, this past week is lost. The very reason for the protestings, this, this, this person, this African-American man who was killed in the street there, unfortunately, how he was, and I use the word murdered because that's, to me, what it looked like, but that man's memory has been scarred by the folks who are running wild and destroying and taking upon themselves the limelight, if I can use that word, and it's losing what it's supposed to be about. And the reason I'm saying this is because when we are walking according to the Spirit, as Galatians speaks about, that when we're filled with the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit is operating, we're not operating under the, the guise of, of the flesh, under the, the control of anger and hatred and bitterness and prejudice, but it's under the power of God's love and the power of God's anointing. And when we do that, we understand that all prejudice is pushed aside, no matter what color we are, no matter what tone our skin takes. Uh, we are the people of God, creation of God, and that we need to uh, love one another, encourage one another, because prejudice is a preference problem. It says that I prefer you to look like me. I prefer you to speak like me. I prefer you to dress like me, to, to like what I like. And God has created us as individuals. And when that individuality is lost, we see what happens. And so if we're going to see a change take place, if we're going to be successful as Christians, then we're going to need to pray and ask God to get involved and to begin to fast and seek the face of God that things would begin to change because without that, it's going to continue into chaos. In Zechariah chapter 4 and Verse 6, and we sang some of the words to this song that it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And that it's going to have to be people like you and I, led by the Holy Spirit, who are going to be able to help people who are broken. Because that's what we're seeing played out. Broken people, breaking things destroying things. And prayer is only the tool that God can use to help us help those who are lost. I like what um, the Christian author E.M. Bounds wrote. He was alive during the Civil War times. And we understand the reason for the Civil War in our nation was primarily dealing with prejudice. And he wrote these words. What the church needs today is not more machinery or better machinery, 
not new organizations or more novel methods, but those whom the Holy Ghost can use. People of prayer. People of mighty prayer. The Holy Ghost does not flow through methods, but through people. Daniel was such a man whom the Holy Spirit was flowing through that gave him wisdom and revelation to be able to speak to a nation, to a people who were scattered and broken and hurting. So as you and I strive to reach our communities, our world for the gospel of Jesus Christ has to be done through a foundation of prayer. Because when we build our ministries, when we build our families on a foundation of prayer, we will be strong. We will be anointed. We will have God with us to lead us and guide us to make right decisions for our marriages, for our children, for our communities. As leaders, we can do that through prayer. We cannot be mature Christians without a foundation of prayer in our lives. We cannot be a mature ministry without the foundation of prayer in our, our churches. Everything else is secondary. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And when we are are, are strong in prayer, as Daniel was, there isn't anything that the enemy can throw against us that will stop us from God building his church and using us as his tools. Weapons in the hands of God of prayer. You can be a weapon in the hand of God through your prayer life that will tear down strongholds that will defeat the lies of, of prejudice and deception that the enemy wants to bring uh, in the world. Uh, it is through prayer that I want to look at with you this morning in Daniel's life that brought about change in the lives of those he was praying for in Daniel chapter 9. I entitled this sermon, uh, The Kind of Prayer God Answers. God answers prayer. We want God to answer our prayer. I guarantee you in this building here today, there are folks who have been praying, who are seeking God, who have needs in their life. And if we follow Daniel's example, God will intervene as he did for Daniel. Number one, Daniel's prayer was based upon God's word. A lot of times we pray according to our feelings. God, I need. God, I want. God, I feel. But what we need to do is look at the word of God and ask God, how should we, how should we pray? What is it that we need to pray about? Daniel's prayer was based upon God's word in the first three verses. It says there in chapter 9 and verse 1, it was the first year that Darius was king of Babylonia. He was from Media and was the son of Xerxes. In that year, I learned 
from the scriptures that Jerusalem would remain destroyed for 70 years. That was what the Lord had told the prophet Jeremiah. So I prayed to the Lord God. I begged him. I made many appeals to him. I didn't eat anything. I put on black clothes uh, and uh, I sat down in uh, ashes. So we, we read from here and we learn from here that Daniel begins to pray according to the word of God from what? The scripture from the prophet Jeremiah's scrolls. He went to the word of God and he said, God, I'm begging you, reveal this prophecy to me. I want to know what this means. And so he begins to dig into the word of God. And when he did that, as you continue reading on, revelation came into Daniel's life. Why? Because he was a student of the word of God. You see, this morning, when we pray, God begins to reveal ourselves. Uh, there's a hunger that begins to germinate and begins to grow uh, because we want to know more of what God has to say. When you pray, this is why the enemy fights it so hard when it comes to our prayer life. Because when we pray, there's a thirsting for God. Show me then what your word says about my circumstance. Show me what your word says about what I'm doing that maybe I shouldn't be. What I need to be doing that maybe I am not. And so this is why the enemy fights us so hard when it comes to our prayer life. He doesn't want us to know God's word. He doesn't want us to know God's will for or our, his plan for our lives. You see, because when we pray and we desire God's word, what happens when God's word comes into our life? Our faith begins to be increased. Isn't that what the word of God says? Faith comes by what? The word and doing what? Reading God's word. That's how our faith is increased. So prayer and the word of God go hand in hand. And when you put them together, guess what happens? Revelation starts to take place. Wisdom and understanding starts to happen. We know how to answer people when they're hurting, how to help people when they're lost. God gives us revelation through his word. So this morning, that's my first point, that Daniel prayed according to the word of God. That's what we need to learn to do. So when the devil lies to you and brings doubt into your life that you know, God cares or promises uh, are going to come to pass. Look at the word of God. I've got a scripture here. First Chronicles chapter 16. There are many, but here's one that we can look at in verse 34. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his love endures forever. So when the devil lies to you about God loving you and how long God will love you, you throw the scripture in his face and say, devil, you're a liar. God loves me. This is what his word says. And I'm going to give thanks because God is good. Because God is good. When you doubt that God is with you, 
supporting you. Psalms 20, 23 and verse 4, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. He is with us. Your rod and your staff comfort me. Don't allow the enemy to lie to you, but pray according to the word of God. And when you do that, your faith is going to be increased. Your boldness is going to be increased. When the devil's lying to you about not having enough or that God may not be able to provide for you or what are you going to do about this situation financially, look at the word of God. First or 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and in verse 8, it says, and God is able to bless you abundantly. God is able to bless you minimally, abundantly. Why? So that in all things, not some things, but all things, and that not sometimes, but at all times, uh, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. That tells me that when the devil lies to me, that I'm lacking, I can look at God's word and say, uh-uh, here's what God says. Uh, I'm not going to go by what I feel or what I think, uh, but I'm going to go according to God's word. That's how I'm going to pray. God, you are a provider. You're going to meet my need according to your word, and I'm praying. The second way Daniel prayed, and what we need you to learn, is that when we pray, there's conviction of sin that takes place, and uh, God gives us a place to begin to confess what's going on in our lives. When you look at Daniel in chapter 9 and verses 4 and 5, a large percentage of Daniel chapter 9 is based upon confession, Daniel's confession concerning the sin of Israel, concerning the sin of Judah and the rebellion against God. In verse 4 and 5, listen to what he says. We have all sinned, committed iniquity, acted wickedly, and rebelled, even turning aside from your commandments and ordinances. Moreover, we have not listened to your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings and our princes and our fathers and all the people of the land. And we see confession is taking place, and he's saying, God, we have fallen short, and we have rebelled against you. That's what happens when you pray. And the Holy Spirit begins to reveal those things in our lives. It's not so that we can just feel the conviction and the discomfort and forget about it, but he wants us to begin to confess those things to him and saying, yes, I agree, because that's what confession means. It means what Daniel is doing is he's agreeing as to what God says is taking place. I agree with you, God. The sin in my life needs to change. It needs to leave. I agree with you, Lord. I'm confessing that I have rebelled. I'm confessing that I did this and I shouldn't have done it. That's what Daniel's doing, and that's what we need to do. Prayer isn't just 
I'll do an hour and I'm done. I'll do 10 minutes and I'm done. I, I did my thing. But it's for God to begin to reveal, to expose through his Holy Spirit that these are things that need to be taken care of and resolved and uh, confessed and agreed that they are wrong in our lives. In verse 7 and 8, Daniel says this, Lord, you are righteous, but this day we are covered with shame. The people of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and all Israel, both near and far, in all countries where you have scattered us because of our unfaithful, our unfaithfulness to you. So what Daniel's doing here, he's, he's confessing, yes, we're sinners, yes, we've rebelled, we've been unfaithful, and so on. But then what he does in these verses is he says, God, you are righteous. So what he's saying is that we agree with your decision that we have sinned. How many have ever been in a place when the Holy Spirit has convicted you about something that maybe was wrong, and you go, are you sure, Lord? Because I don't, I don't really feel it's bad. Yeah, I mean, I don't feel, I feel pretty good about it, so maybe you better pray, and I'll see you in a week or so, and we'll see if you feel the same way. Jeremiah, or, or I'm sorry, Daniel's not doing that. But what he's doing is he's reinforcing and he's saying, Lord, you're righteous. Your judgment's right. I've sinned. What you're saying is wrong. I agree, and I'm going to confess it. I'm not going to make excuses. I'm not going to call it something else. But you call it sin. I agree. You're righteous. We need to learn that when the Holy Spirit speaks to us and deals with us about something, don't start questioning God. Are you sure? Don't start challenging. And, but, but, but these people are, are, are over here are, are saying it's okay, and these people are doing whatever, and, and, and they look like it's okay. What does God's word say? Right? What does God's word say? And that's what Daniel did. He went to the book of Jeremiah, the scroll that was there at that time, and he made his confession based upon what the word of God was saying and dealing with him about. First John 1 John 1.9, because we serve a God who loves us and cares about us and not just shows us what's wrong, not just brings conviction so that we can you know, feel ugly and, and, and not want to live anymore, but he's a God of mercy and grace. Don't you thank God for that this morning? That he loves us and cares about us. And so because of that, he brings a place where we can confess our sins. In 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, what does it say? He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and do what? cleanse us from all unrighteousness if we confess our sins. And that's what Daniel was doing. He was confessing the sin that was overpowering Israel. He was confessing what was going on. He didn't doubt it. He didn't question it. And uh, he came before God and uh, he cried out, begging for God to get involved. 
When's the last time you cried out and begged for God in your prayer life to God? I need you to help me. I know we know how to beg God for money. We know how to beg God for, for this and for the other. But have we ever begged? When's the last time we begged God to forgive us of sin? <laughs> beg you, God. I'm confessing. See, it takes, and the third thing here, Daniel's prayer, his style. When we pray according to Daniel's style of prayer, requires and brings humility. There's a humbling that takes place when we're praying and, and the Holy Spirit is dealing with us because it's humility that causes us to admit, yes, I am a sinner. Yes, I'm doing wrong. Yes, this needs to change in my life. And when you listen to Daniel in verse 17 of chapter 9, he says, so now our God Listen to the prayer of your servant and to his supplications. And for your sake, O oh Lord, let your face shine on your desolate sanctuary. Supplication, all that means is to ask humbly and earnestly. Daniel was there and he was in, in, in an attitude of humility, not being humiliated, big difference, but humility, humble, earnestly, sincerely, not just going through the motions, genuflecting and getting back and going home the same way, but begging God and crying out to God in humility that God save us, forgive us. See, Daniel realizes that he or anyone else did not have the power to bring healing in the land. That he or anyone else did not have the wherewithal to bring the help that only could come from God. And that's why he was humbling himself. God, we're just mere men. And to refer back to what we're, what's playing out on television in this past week, what is going to bring a change Man does not have the power to bring the change of situations and circumstances that are so ugly and terrible, but it's only God through his people praying and seeking the face of God that can bring healing into the land, that can bring healing between people and communities. And when we, the sooner that people begin to realize that, that's why I always say, the, the, the moment they took prayer out of school is when our civilization began to take a nosedive. Little by little, they began to take prayer out of school, and, and the kids uh, no longer had any spirituality functioning in their lives. And consequently, we see what's taking place in our society. So that's why prayer is so critical for us as the people of God, as our platform ministry makes the way to the, the platform. That we need to realize that when we learn humility and learn to be humble before God, that only then and only at that point is God able 
to get involved in our circumstances. God rejects pride. A haughty spirit, he rejects. In 1 Peter 5, in verse 5, in the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. All of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud, but he shows favor to the humble. You see, in a world where humility is looked upon as weakness, the truth is that humility is actually the opposite of weakness. Meekness does not mean weakness. Humility is not weakness, but strength under God control. I read this quote. It says, pride makes us artificial and humility makes us real. Because when we're cloaked and clothed in pride, we have a facade, we have a, a, a pretense of who we are really and what we want people to see is out there. But it's humility when we're humble, when all is taken down, all our pretenses, there we are before God. That's how God wants us to be. Put aside your, our pride, our accomplishments, our, our achievements, and focus in on what God wants to do in our lives. Daniel's prayer. God listened to Daniel. God answered Daniel's prayer. God answers our prayer. When we pray according to God's word and we pray with repentance and humility, sincerity, and we pray and confess and agree with God, healing comes into our lives. 1 John 5, verse 14. Now this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, how do I know his will? By his word. He hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have, uh, we know that we have the petitions that we've asked of him. So ask this morning in prayer when we pray, as we bow our heads before the Lord this morning and close our eyes. As we humble ourselves today, I wonder if there's anyone who's here this morning who maybe does not know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You've never asked God to come through into your life and forgive you of your sins. But you're here through invitation or you just stepped, decided to come to church. And you're in a place where you're broken and you're hurting. And you're looking for answers to life. 
this morning you're in the right place you're in a place where the Holy Spirit is and that God loves you people who love you and care about you who may not even know you but because of Jesus living in us we don't care what you've done what you look like where you come from all we know is that you are God's creation and we want to see the best for you so this morning would you allow us to pray with you if that's you and you say pastor today I need God in my life or maybe you're backslidden and you need refreshing you need a miracle of God in your life then would you repeat this prayer with me this morning just say Jesus forgive me of my sin I acknowledge you as the son of God I ask you to come into my life forgive me of my sins and I accept you today I will follow you today I will follow your word today in Jesus name and we all say amen today